listening to Speaking with One Voice with Rodney Payne. If you have any comments, questions, concerns, topics you'd like discussed on the show, or if you'd like to be a guest on the show, please email us at rpayne at onevoiceinc.org. That's rpayne at onevoiceinc.org. You can also search for us on Acast, Google Play, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Just look for Speaking with One Voice. Now, here's your host, Rodney Payne. Thanks for joining Speaking with One Voice. Last week, we were speaking with John Snyder. So let's jump right back in to continue the conversation. Okay. If you believe that God designed you specifically, then that means God designed you specifically to be not only good, but great. And I dare say the very best at that whatever that thing is whatever that is so if you don't know what you're good at first of all you've got to got to got to believe that there is something currently hidden from you that you are phenomenal at so you've got to find it absolutely i tell people it's usually my experience dictates that it's usually that thing you wanted to be while you're eating captain crunch there you go. It was that thing. Um, so if you don't know what you're good at, and trust me, you are wonderful at something, it's Absolutely. up to you to find out what it is. Um, now, you can ask friends. They have to be friends who really love you. And say, look, this may be an uncomfortable question, but I, I think I suck at everything. Is there anything that you've noticed I'm any good at? And they'll, they may say, you know, when you talk to kids, they, they lighten up, and so do you. Or they may say, you know, when, the, when a fire truck goes by, you turn into a 12-year-old, an 8-year-old. So, so figure it out. If you don't know what it is, figure it out. Okay? There's my, there's my advice to you. Well, I, and I love that because I, I'm, I'm very much a, an in your lane kind of guy. Find your purpose. Go get your purpose. I know why I'm here and I know what I'm here to do. Yep. And I'll do, I'll do anything that fits within that, which is a multiplicity of things, but they're all one lane. It's still the same lane. So like you, you narrowed everything that you do down into a couple of words. I'm a storyteller and, and you yeah. tell it in film, you tell it in music, you tell it and how you do things. And I, I love that. Um, I, I want to hop into one other thing here. Um, have sure. a great time. Thank you for being here. But I really want to talk about uh, the Children's Miracle Network. And, and, and ah. the story is so intriguing to me uh, going back to the early 80s and, and looking at the accumulative total of funds raised. You, uh, The numbers are astounding. Um, and the numbers yeah, right at eight billion billion dollars. Eight billion dollars. You had a 400 plus million dollar year. And uh, one year, um, oh yeah, these, these yep. numbers are in 2020. Strong. In 2020, we had a 400 million dollar year. In 2020, when we could not leave the house, so right. I, I want. I don't want to rush through this part. I really kind of want to. Can we go back to where did this come from? And just kind of talk me through the journey of of the passion behind it and and the fruit of it. I understand. It. I just want my audience to get a, kind of a picture of this thing. Well, um, I believe that you are given um you're given everything you need before you need it so i believe that 
you already have everything you need. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that goes for experience as well. When I was a little kid, I lived in New York state and I was a overweight, heavy, wheezing, <sighs> primatine mist inhaler in gym class kid. Wow. Uh, asthma. So I spent quite a bit of time, never overnight, thank thankfully, but I spent quite a bit of time in uh, big people hospitals. As far as I know, there were no children's hospitals at that point. And it scared me. I saw things in there I didn't like. And mm -hmm. I forgot about that. But later on in life, uh, I would watch my dad play at, uh, a square dance. He had a band. And uh, once a year, he would play for a wheelchair square dance, play the guitar and called the square dance. That stuck in there too. Later yet, when I was 16, um, I did theater in Atlanta and on New Year's Eve, Christmas Eve, on holidays, we would bring the show to uh, Henrietta Eggleston Children's Hospital and Scottish Rite Children's Hospital in Atlanta. I saw the effect of entertainment my enjoying myself, I saw the effect that that had on, on children who were sick. When I had, was only maybe eight years out of in that waiting room, being scared to death up in New York. So it went from there to, are you still there? Yeah, I had a, I I had am, a bump I here. Am, it am. went from, from that experience when Dukes of Hazard started, I was uh, approached by a, a charitable organization and I worked with them for two years. I was only 22 at the time, 21 at the time when I came to them and said, look, you know, I've done a bunch of theater and children's hospitals and all kinds of stuff. I think if you did this, this and this, your organization would grow exponentially. I'm 21 years old. They weren't interested. <laughs> So my friends and I, who had produced the telethon for this other organization, we had to make up our minds. Should I just shut up, which I'm not very good at, <laughs> or remove myself from that organization and start my own? Well, decided to start our own, pardon me, start our own. And that was called Children's Miracle Network. It's now called Children's Miracle Network Hospitals. So that's how it happened. And those, those notions were raise money for the whole child. So raise money for children's hospitals. They treat children no matter what they have. 100% of the money that is raised. So you, Rodney, you send in 10 bucks. 10 bucks goes to the children's hospital. And the most important thing, I think, it goes to the children's hospital in your area. So it's not some, some committee somewhere that you've never met doesn't decide how the money is spent. The money goes right out your front door down the street and lands at your children's hospital and they determine how to spend it. So because of those three ideas, we became in seven years, we became the largest children's charity in the world. And we have been ever since. Wow. So, so there. That is amazing. And I, I'm a goals kind of guy. So when I see you say we've got a goal that we want to raise a billion dollars annually, that's just our goal. You yep. tell me that you raised four hundred million in twenty twenty. Yep. How how do you do that? How, how do you do that when everyone is living uh, in fear and isolation and segregation? We've got all these different places where we can't go or do. How do you uh, 
mobilize a team to, to, to raise that kind of money? Well, it took, uh, we're 38 years old now. So it's taken all this time to build a team and it's take, you have to remain trustworthy during all that time. You have to remain credible during all that time. Um, Children's Miracle Network is such that anyone who's part of it, Walmart is part of it, Dairy Queen is part of it. Uh, we have a lot of organizations that are part of it. And they look forward to fundraising every year. So in 2020, I was thinking it's probably going to be a devastating year for us, but it was quite the opposite because people just wanted to do something where they felt valuable. So they did. They got out and they helped even more. Um, I'm sure that that uh, that that it, it, what's the what's the saying? Uh, uh, philanthropy is contagious. A smile is contagious, and uh, we witnessed that. We have never not raised more money in the current year than we did in the previous year. Never, not once. And we wow. started in 1983. The actual. Uh, we started in 1982, but the first telethon wasn't until 83. And if you can imagine all the different worlds we've lived in since then, all the changes that have occurred, and yet I can still say that, and I can say that we have raised right at $8 billion. Uh, it's, it's a phenomenal thing. And by the way, there's people that want to... Uh, um, I'm not a... <laughs> How can I say this? There are people that, that occasionally want to say bad things about Walmart. Well, I tell you what, we've raised $8 billion, and one of those billion dollars has come from Walmart and their bake sales and their little coin canister. So say what you will about Walmart, but their hearts are in the right place. So I'm throwing that out there. Well, now I, I'm a I'm a big I'm a big buy local guy. I'm a big I'm a big uh, uh, supporter of of uh, bake sales and of farmers markets and all that. But I tell you, that's what Walmart was. Don't blame a corner store because they became huge. Rather, applaud them. Yeah, and, and I, I, I people say what they will. Um, we spend quite a bit of time in Walmart. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, my, my, my yeah. wife, uh, and, and, and uh, whenever you travel, no matter where you're staying, what hotel you're staying at, whether it's a five-star, four-star, whatever the case may be, if you're there for over a week, you got to find a Walmart. You're going to need something. <laughs> you're going to need something. I, I, I've had that for, you know, my, my you mentioned dance, and you mentioned some actual dance terms. I have daughters who dance growing up. They're adults now, but uh, Walmart was a lifesaver for us, so I, I think that you said I mean, where else are you going to get a tutu at two o'clock in the morning? Yeah, there's just nowhere. <laughs> there's just no, and, and the and the batting to fix it and sew it together with that needle. And oh yeah, hoop, it's not going to happen. A catcher's mitt, a catcher's yeah. mitt, right? <laughs> you got to have something and a, and a cushion for the, for dad to sit on in the theater while you're sitting there for eight hours. Oh yeah. That, you mentioned some things that are so critical, and you talked about your organization, Children's Miracle Network Hospitals, being credible being trustworthy and what really got me is the motivation behind it is valuing people and mm -hmm. the people that you attract are people that value people it's not about a certain socioeconomic class or demographic but rather it's people that care about people and so uh, as i as i'm watching your your heart i'm a big heart guy as i'm watching your heart through the interview and we've talked about things 
the I want our listeners to catch this is that your success has come in living your life of service. It, it wasn't like you went out to try to be famous. It sounds like to me, you just did what was good and what was right. I mean, at 21, 22 years old, you're on the top show in America. Uh, you're, everything is going well. You, I mean, you are every guy's envy. And I'm saying this as an African-American boy from uh, East Oklahoma County. I want to look like Bo Luke. I want to look like Bo Duke. I want, I want to have the girlfriends. I want to have all that. I want, you know, you go from that to say, there's something I can do to help somebody. You know, there's something I can do to help somebody. And then a door was shut in your face. And, and, and uh, I love the way you tell the story with dignity, because obviously it's public record what exactly happened. And you don't share that. That's again, integrity. And you say, you know what? I can either say yes to their no, or I can say yes to my purpose. And that's absolutely. And that's, that's well, and if somebody part. closes a door in your face, there's always the window. Yeah, love it. I, it's, <laughs> right? I mean, that's another quote. I'm taking that one. Every, that's about three for the day. If somebody goes, there's always a window. That's right. We grew up in the country where we slept with the windows open. There's always a window. Yeah. I love and it. you know, I, I also look at it this way. If, uh, if, if God did design you specifically to do something, uh, then chances are you're going to have opposition uh, because there's, there's, there is a whole side that's not in the God business, right? So if, if you have no opposition, I question your path. Um, I'm not a big sports guy, but I do know enough to know that if, if you have the basketball and you are not double teamed, you're probably not much of a threat. So you should look at opposition as a sign that you are on the right track, that you are doing something right, not that you are doing something wrong, because it's going to be hard to find someone who had a worse day than Jesus. It's impossible. Not many of those out there, mm. right? So, so when I when I hear Christians say, "God, I don't understand. I'm trying to do everything right, and it's just you know like." One door after another has been shut in my face. He's saying, find a window. Find a window. <laughs> find a window. I didn't tell you to go to the door. Why are you doing that? I mean, hell, find the chimney if you have to. But if you're supposed to be in there, get in there. Get in there. I love it. And by the time it. you get there, if you just walk through the door, oh, okay, well, that wasn't very tough. It's hard to appreciate when you didn't work for it. I love it. Yeah. Well, John, I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm a man of faith, and, and uh, I don't hide that from my listeners. Uh, I'm a full-time pastor, so I, I, I love what I do, and I'm a purpose guy. So when I hear you hey, talk about purpose. I can tell. Those kinds of things. Oh, it's, I, listen, I, I don't try to hide it. I'm not, I'm, I am who I am. Uh, I want to add value to as many people as possible because that's why I'm here. I, that's, that's why I'm here. So yep. I, yep. I challenge our leaders because I know that if they're listening to this podcast, the reason they're listening is because they want to be better. And so what would you say to a um, uh, young lady, young man, or even, even middle, middle-aged man or woman who has been on the journey for a little bit and they just have not found success in finding that purpose that you've talked about? What would you say to that person who just doesn't feel like they know why they're here? Well, success is, is finding that purpose, number one. Um, 
like I said, I feel like I've just got started. I'm really just gaining traction after all these years, making, you know, telling movies my way with my lovely bride through, uh, with the people I want to tell them with and making them the way I want to make them. Um, but it's not about, it's not about getting there. You know, remember the bear went over the mountain, the bear went over the mountain. He found another mountain, right? He saw another <laughs> mountain. Um, yeah. That's really what, what life, as far as I can tell so far, is. So you have to find, first of all, you have to know you have a purpose. If you don't know what that is, you have to find it. It's not hidden impossibly. God will not, you know, it's, it's uh, think of your purpose as that Easter egg your parents hid for you right by the sprinkler. You just happen to be over by the trash can, and God is kind of tapping you, saying, "Oh, look at the look at the sprinklers over there!" Right. <laughs> so eventually, you find it, and there it is, and you think, "My God, how could I not have seen that?" So it's there. Once you find that, then you are on the road to joy through expression and hard work of that purpose. If you don't know what that is, it's hard to find joy. There is no success. I, I don't believe success at something that you were not designed to do by God is not success. It's a diversion keeping you from your purpose. And here's, here's, here's something that once you realize that God is up to something that you are part of, not the other way around, then you will realize what it is you're supposed to do. And I'm going to say that again. God is up to something that I am part of. So I don't pray, God, help me do my stuff. No, God, help me find out, help me determine, help, we, help me see what it is that I'm supposed to be doing in your stuff. Mm. That okay? is absolutely. So once you do that, once you do that, and I, I tell you what, if you're not doing it, don't quit your job tonight or tomorrow or right now, but make steps to get out of that which makes you miserable because God did not make you to be miserable. God made you to be joyfully exhausted. Well, I, okay? you, know, you just affirm for me, I am on the right track because I, I absolutely You are joyfully that. exhausted. I am joyfully exhausted. I mean, I love it, though. I, I'm going to tell you, you know, when I think about this whole thing, and and uh, we're we're really out of time. If I, I, one thing I haven't, I've heard you allude to it a couple of times. If you could just give me a high level overview, I can tell the core of your upbringing and your family even today is very critical and key to who you are. Um, how do you how do you express appreciation, thought, or, or, or as you consider your family? What do you what does that bring to you when you think about your family? How do I show appreciation to, toward my family? Uh, um, and, and the like, yes. Well, I tell you what, the, the, a habit that I got into, and I, I don't remember if this was my father or my grandmother, uh, and this, this is very basic, but I, will, I compliment people a lot. Um, my wife and I went to dinner last night, and the, the gal that sat us, uh, I didn't have to think about it. I do it so much I didn't have to think about it. I said, wow, those are great shoes. And she was like, oh, thank you, thank you. 
Um, wow, I, I just saw you walk through and the, the, when the sun hit your hair, I mean, my gosh, it was like, it, 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 that's the truest strawberry blonde hair I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, so I let people know um, constantly that they are appreciated. Um, I like to think I do that with my family. I went through a, a, a pretty terrible divorce. And uh, the, my relationship with, with three of my children, it, it's back with one of them now, but with the other two, there's kind of no relationship there, there's, uh, which, which breaks my heart, but it does not stop me because they're on their own journey. They're on their own path. I would love to have a fantastic relationship with my other two children, but I can't let that keep me from doing what I was designed to do. They were designed to do something and I hope and pray that they're doing it. Wow. Right. Yeah. So my daughter, my youngest, the one that I, uh, she, I birthed with a, with a midwife is a, she's a six, she is a six foot two firefighter in, uh, in, um, California. Wow. Uh, and, and, uh, yeah, in Santa Monica, California. Wow. So I'm very proud of her. She was a volleyball player and a weightlifter and, and she's been a firefighter now for gosh, I think about five years. And, uh, but she's got that myopic focus. Yeah. I know where she got it. <laughs> well, and, and what I love about that is, and, and thank you for, for the transparency. I, I think that when we look at others from our eyes, oftentimes we see what we want to see and we describe it how we want to describe it. Yeah. Um, I found you to be very authentic, uh, very original, very genuine, very transparent. And everything doesn't have to always go right for us to keep going. And, and as, as watching you lead and live and share and grow, because you make deposits in families that you will not, you're going to have to finish your journey and get to heaven before you know the impact you've made. But I'll tell you what, um, this time to me today, uh, I think this is called work by some people. I think I'm supposed to be working, uh, but man, I am having a blast. And I just want to <laughs> thank you so much for hanging out with me uh, on Speaking with One Voice, the podcast. Pastor Rodney, I've enjoyed every moment. It's been fantastic. Um, listen, I, I, um, I'm going to get you something. I, I have something I want to send to you. I'll, I will do that off air, but I just want to thank you so much again for hanging out with me. Thank you for letting me get to know uh, beyond, you know, John Cryer or Jonathan Kent or Bo Duke and all these. You're welcome. I'm, you I'm, so I'm delighted you're interested. I do. I want to throw up a disclaimer here. If folks go see some of my movies, I'm a realist with regard to language. So beware. Um, the movie yeah. one month out, the movie one month out is, is uh, I would call it a psychological thriller. Well. And there is, there is language in it that you're not going to hear on Sunday or Wednesday night at Bible study, unless you hang out in the parking lot. Yeah, exactly. But, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, but so I'm, I'm saying that because I don't, want, I don't want somebody saying, oh, I saw this wonderful thing with Pastor Rodney, and then I watched the movie. He's going yeah. to hell. Yeah, well, that, that, that's why this If is... I'm going to hell, God will let me know, okay? And yeah, so far, he has, not, he has not let me know. 
Just so you know, the podcast called Speaking with One Voice with Rodney Payne. I, I am your coach, not your pastor. This is to add value to leaders every day in real life to help you. And that's what we're trying to do. I need you to do one thing for me that's really important before we go. What's that? How can my audience, how can we support Children's Miracle Network Hospital? We How, how do we do that? Well, all you have to do is go to your neighborhood Walmart, your Dairy Queen. Look for our logo. It looks like it used to be a balloon. But it kind of morphed into a, a yellow asterisk, right? Okay. So it's kind of a cartoonish. It's a wonderful logo. When you see that logo, uh, you'll you maybe you can fill out a little. Uh, it's a little paper balloon. You put your name on it. You give a dollar, ten dollars, whatever it is, and that's written and it's stuck up on the wall. Uh, Rite Aid also has it. So that's the best way. Uh, know that your money is going to go directly to that children's hospital. Uh, and it's, you don't have to worry about it. We're genuine. We're authentic. We are reliable and we are beyond reproach. So that's awesome. the best way to, uh, to get involved with children's miracle network. And then if you've got the time, go down to the playroom and, uh, when we can play with some kids, go read them a book, go hold a parent's hand whose child is having an operation today. They need it as well. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much. Listen, you've been listening to Speaking with One Voice with Rodney Payne, your coach. So happy to have John Snyder with us on today. A wonderful time. Listen, you stay focused. I know you can do this. You're a great leader. Let's keep growing together, and we will see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to the second half of my amazing conversation with John Snyder. I'd like to thank him for joining, sitting down, and letting us have a great time and a great conversation. Listen, you have been listening to Speaking with One Voice. I am your host, the coach, Rodney Payne. Make sure you sign up. Make sure you're subscribing. Make sure you're liking. Make sure you're sharing. And make sure you're following on social media at Rodney R. Payne. Until next time, let's keep growing together. To speaking with one voice, please remember to follow Rodney Payne on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Rodney R. Payne. We'd love to hear from you and get your feedback, so please feel free to leave us comments. And if you would rate and subscribe to the podcast, we'd appreciate that as well. Don't forget to set up for notifications so you can get the latest updates and social media posts and get new podcasts when they're released. As always, use the hashtag speaking with one voice or simply SWOV on any of your social media posts. On behalf of Rodney Payne, thanks again for listening to Speaking with One Voice.